Hey, this is Jordan Martin here with Bump and Run Sports Talk uh, Podcast. This is Justin Wilson, and where we do this every, uh, I'm not no specific date. We're just gonna be doing them. Uh, download the podcast anytime you know, want to listen. We give you provide some sports insight, fantasy. Uh, just give you our take on stuff. My boy Jordan. And uh, you can look us up online. We have a uh, website going up tomorrow. We're going to uh, put it under, it's under construction right now. But uh, two bo- dope boys and a four focus. Uh, and we'll have all your bump and run sports uh, podcasts. We'll have all the RSS feeds up there. And we'll also be on iTunes tomorrow. So you can go ahead and go over there and check us out. Uh, we're going to do this every week, like Justin said. Uh, we're just kind of giving an insight into, you know, the sports world and you know, we we've all we've been doing this for a couple of years. Me and Justin been having discussions about sports, and you know, some heated discussions. So, you know, we just wanted to provide that to you know our audience out there and kind of get our um, our message out there a little bit. Right, right. Um, uh, we got a good show uh, lined up today. A lot of stuff to get to. Um, the college football rankings have come out. Some that's a couple of teams not surprising in there. Um, what do you think, Jordan? Uh, I'm really surprised. Man, I'm surprised that Clemson, you know, starting off with the number one team, Clemson, the Clemson Tigers are number one um, c- according to the playoff committee. I think that's a that's a little strange to me. What do you would you agree with that? I, I, I think there's no way that Clemson should be the number one team in the nation. I just don't feel like they've they've really beaten anyone in that weak ACC uh, conference. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, you got Ohio State. I mean, they they've been dominating. They're on the street. They haven't lost, so I feel like they should be on that number one spot. I think people are afraid to put Ohio State up there just because of what Florida State. What happened to Florida State last year? You know, people kept them uh, one and two. You know, even though they, you know, they they were winning, but they weren't. They were ugly wins. But you know, you got to commit a team that you know continues to win like Ohio State does. So they remind me a lot of last year's uh, the 2014. Um, for the state uh, Seminoles, and I think people are scared that the same thing is going to happen to Ohio State. It happened to Florida State when they played in that uh, Rose Bowl against Oregon and got kind of blown out. Uh, you know, show that they weren't the strongest team. So, if you had to pick a number one squad, who who are you going with? Who's your number one team in the nation? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Ohio State, um, especially if they end up winning the Big Ten. Um, Big Ten's been pretty Does good. They would have to beat Michigan State in Michigan. That that's gonna and those are gonna, if they can beat both of those teams, then they should be the number one team, uh, I believe. Um, maybe Alabama if if they end up winning the SEC. Uh, even though they have t- they're the only team in the top four that's taking a loss, but like I said, or I've said this before, I feel like Alabama could take a loss and still win the national championship. I just hate watching, man. I realized this past weekend, um, you know, they they didn't play this past weekend. Alabama was on a bye. But this week, uh, Alabama, LSU, um, big big time game. Whichever one of those teams win this week, I'll put them as number one. Uh, Currently, I'm going to agree. Uh, I'm going to agree with you and go with the Ohio State team um, just off precedence. Uh, you know, just off what they did last year. But the winner of the LSU-Bama game, in my opinion, should be the number one team in the Yeah, game. most likely they're going to have to go – whoever wins that game is going to go to the That's going to be, a, you know, a, a battle, man. I think, you know, uh, my, my score prediction is probably like 13-9, to nine, you know, only field goals. I know they – whenever they, they meet up, you know, 
Those those vanilla those offenses are so dry, man. Vanilla. But now LSU has a kind of they they haven't had the type of running back that they have in Leonard Fournette in all those meetings, so they haven't answered Ooh, for that. Oh yeah, yeah, true. But but Bama got man Derrick Henry. Uh, I think um, Croker he he mentioned that you know Fournette is you know really good back, but you know that that really takes away a lot of attention from what Derrick Henry's doing over at Alabama. He's a he's a workhorse workhorse to back himself and a probably a dark horse Heisman candidate, you know, that can probably make some noise this weekend if he uh, puts up some big numbers against the LSU defense. Yeah, a lot of NFL talent that's going to be on display in that game, um, for sure. Uh, I'm very. It's going to be very interesting uh, to see who can pull out between these two powerhouse teams. Um, but most likely, if Clemson, Clemson is going to win the, the ACC, bearing uh, something, catastrophic happen. Clemson has a big game this week against Florida State, which they could, you know, there's a possibility they could lose that. Oh, very possible. Um, you know what they call it when Clemson loses, like, the big games? You, you Have you heard what that term is that's going around and, like, Dabo Sweeney's getting upset about it? Oh, what is it? It's called uh, Clemsoning. It's like in the Urban Dictionary. Like Because, you know, they lose a big – you know, they, they lose a game every year they're not supposed to lose. Oh, so, yeah. Like, he, he was in a press conference. You know, he got real heated – that people were using that term around them, like in the you know in, in the media, and saying like wondering when they're going to Clemson, you know when they're going to do you know lose an easy game, but I don't know things might be different. Deshaun Watson looks really poised and you know is a legit legitimate uh, Heisman candidate. But I mean, why even though they haven't really played anybody, I mean they still have been to their credit been the games haven't really been close. You know what I'm saying? Like besides, and the, the close one they did have get in one was against Notre Dame. They're number six, so I mean, maybe you really can't. Maybe you should. We, we, they really are the outright right number one. But I mean, not, of course, not, to your credit, they don't play in a hard conference like yeah. uh, SEC teams would. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not ACC it until I see it. Until I see it, you know, on a consistent level, a consistent basis, I need to. You know, I need to see a little bit more. Yes, yes. So, so what 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 are your thoughts about Notre Dame? You think there is there any way they can climb think, up there? I think Notre Dame is honestly uh, one of the most overrated. You know, organization. You know, just facility. You know, schools. You know, every. I just think their their whole aura is just overrated. Everything about them. Uh, they are a good team, don't get me wrong, but you saw what happened when they were matched up against Bama, what was it, three years ago? Now, you know, that game was over in the first, first quarter. I just don't – I think that team is the same. You know, it's still going to be that same Notre Dame team that just gets a lot of publicity because of the name on the back of – you know, the name on the helmet, the, you know, the the colors of the team. I, I, I don't believe in Notre Dame. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I feel like – Michigan, Michigan State should be higher than Notre Dame. Um, yeah, Michigan State has a win over Michigan at Michigan. I mean, bearing that fluke play, I hope that's not they're not taking that to a hold that against them. But I feel like Michigan State could possibly sneak up in there if they can beat Ohio State at home. You know, Which else, is, uh, possibly a team from the uh, All American Conference could sneak in there, man. They got three, and that's the uh, that's the conference you know ECU is in. They got three undefeated teams in the top twenty-five, surprisingly. Yes, uh, the the higher one being Memphis. Um, they had a, a blowout win against Ole Miss. Um, nobody, nobody saw that coming. Yeah, nobody. So maybe they can sneak in 
and and probably win that. Speaking of the East Carolina Pirates, man, what happened last Friday, man? It got boat uh, race. I'm not sure, man. I don't really want to talk. About, you know, I I think we took for I took for granted, you know, how good they've been in the past couple of years, and I think this just might possibly be a rebuilding year. So, you know, that's always a point. You know, that's always you know something that, to consider because um, Ruffin, you know, he's building that team up, but. I don't know. You think I? I think me personally, I would be calling for Ruffin's job. I'm, I'm calling for Ruffin's job. I think we need some new blood in there. He's a good guy, great guy, ECU alum, but I don't know. I just think I just think we need somebody else with a different personality. To, you know, he's he's a he's a too. I think he's too much of a player's coach, and he hasn't won yet. You know, player coaches that that wins like Tony Dungy, those kind of coaches they win. You know, when they're winning, it's great. When they're not, you know, I, I don't think it, it's a good setup right now. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to the to his credit, though, he 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 did handle the injury quarterback injury at the beginning of the season pretty well. Um. Anytime your starting quarterback goes down for a season, that's not a good thing. As so to for them to be in the games that they have been. I mean, you go on the road against Florida with uh, Blake Kemp. And you find a way to possibly steal one of those. Can, they, mean, just, can they just decide on a quarterback? Like, can they just? And, and, like, and then that's and that's what was bringing me to what's possibly going to cost him his job. I mean, he couldn't he handle he bought, kind of botched his quarterback situation pretty bad. I mean, you had Summers come in and really kind of spark this team up. The team rallied behind Summers, and then you take him out before he can really kind of get in the games, and you put in. Uh, Blake Kemp, and then he's inconsistent at best. So I, I just feel like it just kind of held, held the East team Carolina, back from whatever. Could be. Yeah, they're they're looking like the Houston Texans of the college football world. You know how that Mallet Warrior situation pulled out. You know, I mean, wrote, um, played out. You know, Mallet was driving. You know, doing great that one game, and then they would just take him out and put Hoyer in, and you know, it just turns into a messy situation. And you know, the you know, everybody knows the saying. Yeah, I, th- I think you know with the two quarterback. What, what do people always say? Uh, it doesn't work, man. Yeah, if you have two quarter, if you have two quarterbacks, that means you have none. You know, so I, I, I definitely am a big believer in that. But let's get to that um, Miami Duke uh, finale. You know, that kickoff return. Did you get a chance to see that? Oh yes, it was a, a debacle. Uh, once again, another game <laughs> oh, that's flawed. Oh my goodness. Um, I, I I just feel like this game just brings up. It just adds more to the f- fuel to the argument of how of how, re, there how there needs to be replay for. They, they everything's replayed. open. They replayed it for like ten minutes straight, and they came back and you know they said, "Oh, we have a decision." Wait, hold up. We do not have a decision. They went back for five more minutes and still got it wrong. You know, it's crazy. It's, it's unexcused. Well, you got You have to remember what aspects are, are reviewable or whatnot and what's not reviewable. Like penalties, little stuff like that, I feel like on last plays should all be held under all review. Everything. Like there should be some type of rule. Like this, this game changed my aspect on two, a couple of things. All right. For one, I feel like there should be a final play rule where the final outcome of a play, if bearing a situation like this happens, should be open or subject to review regardless of the situation. You you, want a rule where they 
the ACC commissioner came out and said they were incorrect, so they can give Duke that win and take them and get. Yes, it, see now before this game, if you would have asked me, do I think it would have been okay for That's the official co- committee to take away a win after a game? I would have said no, but after this game, I've changed my mind, my opinion on that. I, I believe you. you they they it's going it, into scary territory, man. I don't know if I want people, you know, this coming out and just- this ruined Duke's season. Duke, Duke had playoff or postseason aspirations for a BCS bowl game for an uh-huh. ACC title, and that is now ruined because of that play. There were multiple flags that that were that should have been thrown. I mean, the officials for this game were suspended. For how bad it was, yeah. the, I feel like the ACC committee could have been like, you know what, chop uh, Miami, take one loss, um, take one win off your win column, and uh, Duke take one loss off your uh, win column. Like, so yeah, but that's a big that's a big win for Miami's uh, head coach. You know, the interim coach since they fired Al Golden uh, recently. So you know, if he keeps getting, you know, um, it wasn't a real W, but you know, it counts in the win loss column you know he keeps piling up these kind of wins you know maybe he might vie um vie for opportunity for a full-time role you know over there in miami but you know you talk about bad officiating um i think that game last night the monday night game between the panthers and the colts i think the refs um you know held their whistles you know for on a couple bad calls um uh all right i am a carolina panthers fan but there was a bad um, pass interference call that they didn't didn't call on Roman Harper. Um, I think the last second catch, the one of the fourth down catches by um, Brooks Whalen. I, in my opinion, you know which way I'm talking about in the fourth quarter when Whalen it looked like he trapped the ball on the ground and they called it. A hey, uh, Jordan, Jordan, you broke up on me. I didn't hear. I didn't hear. I didn't get what you. you in the uh, fourth quarter, when the um, when Andrew Luck and the Colts were driving, uh-huh. and um, Brooks Whalen, the uh, wide receiver number seventeen, he caught a pass over the middle, and he kind of um, he, he secured it, and I think he secured the ball with the you know with the help of the ground. But the referees reviewed it and said it was a catch. I don't think that was a good call after looking you know looking at it uh, later on today online. Um. Yeah, my yeah, my it was probably one that they missed. Uh, but was it within two minutes? Yeah, they and they they reviewed it and they still came back and said it was a catch. And I don't, you know, it wasn't a horrible miss. You know, I can understand they probably more than anything said that they confirm the ruling on the field. You know, they didn't say they confirm it. They just couldn't, you know, find any evidence to say it, it wasn't a catch. Um, but you know, I just think the referees need to be held at a higher standard. Um, I don't want to go as far as, you know, taking away wins and losses, but I like what they did, uh, the ACC commissioner did, is, you know, suspended them. You know, they I don't think they, you know, understand, you know, they don't really feel any repercussions for, you know, losing teams' games and, you know, things of that nature. Yes, um, I, I, I feel, I really feel like, uh, and um, this, this is just more reason why at the end of the season, the rule committee is going to have to, like, really start updating some of these, what they define a catch? I mean, this is just going to start costing. Nobody, nobody yeah. knows anymore. Referees, you know, it, there's so many different. You know, you see every week you see a, a play where it's 50-50, you know, bang. And 
it can go either way. You don't know a clear interpretation anymore of what's a catch. Nobody really knows what a catch is anymore. It's sad to say, but it's true. It's only a matter of time until it's going to cost one somebody major in a major spot for them to realize that, yep, um, something's going to have to be done. Yeah, speaking of um, you know not catching, let's talk about these uh, Carolina Panthers wide receivers, man. Ted Ginn dropping that play. I think I heard a uh, large moan from the whole city of Charlotte when he dropped that one, just the air being let out the building. But luckily we still got Superman on the team uh, as well as – you know, Captain America, Luke Kinkley. Uh, so I think Cam Newton is a legitimate, you know, we, people are having conversations. Uh, I saw the national media on first take today that, you know, people are really thinking Cam Newton is a, is a, is a legitimate MVP candidate. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, MVP, I mean, he isn't really, does he, I don't think he has a really MVP stat line. He got the 7-0, Justin. He got the 7-0 overall record. I mean, can you? Can, I don't think you can give it to him over Brady, over what Brady's doing this season. So I lost. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to hate. I'm not trying to hate at all. But I just, I just don't think you can give it to what over what Brady. Hey, I lost you for a second, bro. I lost you for a second. What, what were you saying? Oh, I'm saying I, I don't think you can give it to him over Brady. Justin, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, I just lost you for a second. What were you saying about um? What I, I lost you after I said the seven and zero record. I was like, you can't give it to him over Brady. Um, Brady. And I'm not saying he's the MVP right now, but are you saying that he's a he's a candidate? You agree? He's an MVP candidate. A candidate? I wouldn't even say that. Um, as as a couple other candidate people, I would put in front of him. Like uh, who? Uh, I'll put Brady. Uh, I would definitely have to talk Carson Palmer or Andy Dalton and what they're doing. Uh, uh, Carson Palmer has so much help, though, man. In starting with Bruce Arians, and we got Cam has a lot of on the defense, Cam. So I understand what you're saying as far as record. That defense has a lot to attribute to, you know, our you know Carolina seven zero record. But the offense, man, he doesn't have much help outside of, uh, you know, Mike Tolbert. Uh, you know, but that's saying a lot. Mike Tolbert, Jonathan Stewart, Greg Olson, and our number one receiver is Ted Ginn. And, you know, I heard Chris Carter talking earlier on Mike and Mike. Ted Ginn is a four for fifth string wide receiver on most teams, correct? Good punt return guy, good kick return guy, but he's a four for string wide receiver. Philly Brown, uh, fourth string, you know, third, you know, slot receiver. He's making these guys look, you know, serviceable. Not good, not great, or anything like that. But they're serviceable and they're winning games. I mean, it just shows how much you guys really miss Kevin, Kelvin Benjamin. But and they're 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 they've been playing really really pretty pretty decent for what they what they got. I mean, I don't know. Do you contest that to the offense, or you contest that to Cam? I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, I mean, all I know is in. Greg Olson's big time. He's a he's big time money. So if if he's as long as he's producing, I guess it doesn't really matter. And I need I need Cam to um, you know Gruden brought up a good point yesterday. He showed a lot of cl- clips, man, of Cam just taking you know huge hits. So he definitely needs to. And I think he's gotten better at sliding, but I think eventually, and I don't think this year, maybe not even next year, but eventually, man, cumulatively, those hits are gonna 
you know, begin to affect him and, you know, more than likely shorten his career. He has to, you know, learn how to play. Everybody's going to, you know, everybody will have to learn how to play from the pocket. I think Cam just is able to freelance a little bit longer because he's so much, you know, so physically imposing. But eventually, man, those hits are going to wear him down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he takes a lot of hits. But um, he's he's a big dude. Um, the, 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 the one point I'd like to bring about – this is the Carolina Panthers success. Um, I was watching a game at a buddy of mine's uh, crib, and and they were talking about how um if they if y'all would have had Kelvin Benjamin, then he thinks that y'all would be going to the Super Bowl. And now, to I guess from that standpoint, if you add that to your arsenal of what you have now. It's, it's possible that you guys could be even more of a threat. But to my point I wanted to make was the, the loss of Kelvin Benjamin made you guys start running the ball a lot more than what you usually do. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, just making Cam, you know, use his whole arsenal. You know, he at times last year he was just locking into Kelvin, and Kelvin was such a supreme athlete, you know, and, you know, more of his physical stature, he would just, you know, go up over defensive backs and come down with catches. And now, you know, we don't have that physically imposing, you know, receiver. So I think next year when Kelvin does come back, they will, you know, this year will definitely help Cam appreciate him more and be able to read the whole field, um, you know, and share share the ball. You know, he throws to a lot of different receivers now. And I think that's, you know, it's definitely – I'm saying this team would be better with Kelvin Benjamin, but I think it's better for Cam's maturation and becoming like a real – you know, more – I don't think Cam will ever be a Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning. Um, he might get close to Aaron Rodgers' status. But as far as – I'm just talking about purely being in the pocket, you know, because, you know, just purely pocket passer. I don't see that ever happening. But I think him progressing through his read, uh, doing a lot of audibles and things like that, he's really coming a master of this offense. Uh, you know, that's why I think it's really important. Oh yeah, um, that's very important. Um, as he once he matures, you know, what I'm saying, I mean, he's still. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Do you, do you still call him a young quarterback, a QB? Yeah, man, he's only in his fifth or sixth year coming out. Of the world. I mean, in, is, in, in this in this generation, I mean. You 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 brought in, you start immediately. And like, remember all the young quarterbacks he started with that. Everybody wrote him off. They said he was the worst out of RG three, Andrew Luck, Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson. Look, look where he is now. I don't think any of those quarterbacks are better than him currently. Right at, the, at this day and age, nobody, none of those quarterbacks are playing better than him right now. Now things change as that shows. You know, like all those, you know, all the discussions that people were having when RG three and you know Kaepernick and everybody else was revolutionizing the league. And, you know, Cam was having a bad season. Well, it was more of a team having a bad season. But I think now he's, you know, established himself as one of the better, if not the best, you know, quarterback. I would honestly put him and Dalton 1A, 1B, uh, as far as young quarterbacks go. And I think a lot of that has to do with Dalton just having a better decision-making and a lot of weapons around him. So I don't think Dalton's really that great, but he's just learned to play within that system and utilize and you know use the weapons that he has around him. Um, this is more. This is brings me to my next point of just how the whole 2012 quarterback class is starting to diminish. 
uh, Luck, RG3, Russell Wilson. He's starting to turn into Colin Kaepernick, in my opinion. And Ryan well, Russell Wilson, he, he, he will that team. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson will that team, man, to that win against Dallas, you know, albeit running the ball, you know, um, getting outside of the pocket, not playing a traditional quarterback. But uh, his offensive line is just horrible, man. He, it's not much that Russell Wilson can do for that team. And they, they kind of abandoned the run. Um, Marshawn is not really being beast mode right now. Um, but now this is sure. It always has to go with the offensive line. But this just goes to show how, like, the read option QBs and the mobile QBs, that doesn't work anymore. The teams are starting to figure that stuff out now. So, it's just showing how now these mobile QBs that were... Carolina Panthers. I mean, for his credit, he's just big and fast. Like, <laughs> but um, we'll see if the Redskins can stop that in a couple of weeks. Uh, so let's move on into the uh, rest of the undefeated teams. We're moving on from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we got the Cincinnati Bengals, the Denver Broncos, who, you know, um, welcomed Green Bay into their um, stadium on Sunday night and, you know, walloped them. The, the yeah, Panthers, boat race. Yeah, and the um, aforementioned Carolina Panthers. Uh, which one of those teams do you see? Which one of those teams is most likely to go to the Super Bowl? Um yeah, or most likely go undefeated. Let's just let's just go there since they're already undefeated. Let's just which one of those teams you think can be undefeated, go to Super Bowl? Um I, w- I wanna say the possibly the Denver Broncos. I mean I think they're the, one of the most complete teams out there. Um they have the I feel like they have one of the best defenses and they have an offense that might not be the most efficient at the moment, but teams I haven't seen. I haven't figured out a way to completely stop it, or you know what I'm saying. So I just, I just really feel like the Broncos can. That, that division is so wide open, not as so wide open, but it's it's a little weak. I mean, I I, I don't see the Raiders, Chargers, or Chiefs giving them really any problems. So yeah. I think the second best team in the division actually is the Oakland Raiders. Who who would ever thought, you know, coming to the season that we would say that? And I think the um, you know we were talking about this earlier. The Vernon Davis pickup is huge for them. Uh, I think that's another weapon that Peyton can use to his disposal to you know um, you know get that offense clicking a little bit more. They almost uh, earlier today was reported that they were in trade talks with the Browns for left tackle Joe Thomas. Um, I guess that would. Sir, sir, be serviceable since their left tackle Ryan Clady is uh, went down from injury. I guess they're looking to kind And Ryan Clady's back up. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but he actually went down with a uh, injury as well, so he's out to this for the season too. Yeah, but they they cannot agree. They couldn't agree on on, on principle. So those. But the those one thing. Are, are, yeah. Oh no! What are you about to say? I was going to say that the biggest game uh, I see on my schedule coming up is uh, November 29th. New England's going uh, to play against the Denver Broncos. That's going to be a, possibly a undefeated versus undefeated teams. Uh, you know, that'd be a huge game. Uh, who who would you – who, you know, we're, we're a couple weeks away. Uh, who do you foresee, you know, pulling that one out if all things withstanding, all things like they are right now? Oh, I, I lost you. What would you – would you – What'd you say? Um, De- Denver's traveling to New England, um, November 29th. 
Uh, who would you pick right now to win that game? Oh, it's New England versus who? Uh, the Denver Broncos in a couple weeks. Oh yeah, um, I'm gonna definitely have to go with New England. Um, they're ho- but uh, I I I don't think New England's gonna be undefeated by by then though. So uh, you're, you're going to that game undefeated. Yeah, Denver's gonna be going to that game undefeated, but New England won't be undefeated by that time. So let's let's run through a we you know we had our conversation about. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you, I don't think you asked me who's gonna beat that New England team. Oh, 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 oh. oh who's <laughs> gonna beat that? Oh, who's gonna beat that New England team? <laughs> who's gonna beat that New England team? It's gonna be the Washington Redskins. You hearing it here, folks? The Washington Redskins are going to shock the world this weekend on the road in Foxborough, one o'clock. Check it. I'm going with a score of 31 how, to 28. How is Washington going to beat New England? What's the score? 31 to 28. How is Washington going to score 31 points? They are going to throw the ball because Deshaun Jackson is coming back. Yeah, I picked him up in my fantasy. That is a good point. But no, 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 no. You just admitted it. It is going to be an abomination. It is going to be an abomination out there. Is it, where is it at? Washington? Yes. No, it's in Foxborough. Oh my! You're saying y'all going to go? Y'all going to travel to Gillette Stadium and win? Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. There, there is no. I give you zero shot. I'm saying this right now. There is no way. I will wear an RG3 jersey. In our next podcast, if you guys win, I don't think there's any way that you guys can travel to New England and win. But we'll see, man. <laughs> All right, yeah. You know, delving to the NFC East, well, I know you had some points that you wanted to make uh, about the current state of the East. I think every team's at or below 500, and no team is really outside of the playoff race right now. So, right. You know, it, yeah, it, it's, it's one of the, the statistically is one of the worst divisions in football but uh what's your what's your thoughts on it well i mean it's just going to show how bad the nfl is this year i mean that's why there's so many undefeated teams um i mean there's really out besides the undefeated teams there's no other team that really can can really in a a stance like challenge these these other teams i want to give a quick rundown for the afc for uh teams outside the undefeated teams which are the top Three teams in the in, in the AFC. I mean, you got the Indianapolis Colts, uh, number four, can't, can't uh, keep the ball. You got the Oakland Raiders, unproven. You got the Jets, quarterbacks hurt. You got the Steelers, quarterbacks hurt. You got the Buffalo Bills, quarterbacks hurt. You got the Miami Dolphins, defense uh, is hurt. You got the Kansas City Chiefs, can't move the ball. But and then you got the and then after that you got the, that's those are the, those are the only teams that can you know what I'm saying outside of the top seven. I mean outside of the top three. As the Jets are ranked six in in the AFC, I mean, the the the, 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 the AFC is pretty pretty sloppy this year. And going into the NFC, there's only one undefeated team being your Carolina Panthers. I mean, I really think there's only three good teams outright good in the um in the NFC. You got the Giants, whose division sucks. Falcons lose to the Bucks, 
suck. Vikings, they suck. Rams, they suck. Seattle can't play a uh, move the ball. St. Louis Rams suck. Todd Gurley sucks. Yeah, but eventually they're gonna have to be Their able. To, defense. They're gonna have to be able to throw the ball, and I don't. I don't. I, McDon- I don't think that. I don't think that. Eventually, teams Robert are gonna Quinn. stop the run, that run. Eventually, teams are gonna stop that Chris run. Chris Long. And they're gonna. They're gonna make. And they're gonna make Nick Foles. I mean, they have a good defense, but th- that offense, man, is so pedestrian. Eventually, they're going Jones to have Jenkins. I mean, but Alex Ogletree. Bro, that that that's that's they. I mean, that, they have a good defense, but besides Todd Gurley, I mean, Kenny Britt. Come on, Kenny Britt. Tavon Austin. Ex- exactly, Tavon Austin. Jared Cook. He's horrible. Jared Cook's horrible. No, Tavon Austin is horrible. Tavon Austin is balling out this year. I mean, man. yeah, he's balling, but he's, he's a he's the best player on the offense. And he's only that, that should tell you something. He should not be the best player on offense. I think he's a pretty good player, though. They, they I mean, they they lack. He's, a, he's productive. He, he's scoring against NFL defenses. They they lack the wide receiver talent needed to win in the playoffs or to be successful. I I think they can make it to the playoffs. I don't know about winning the playoffs. I think that team could definitely make it. They're uh, you know them and the Vikings, but uh, that's yeah, going to be a huge game. Just, huge game. Yeah. The NFC East is pretty weak, though. I, I I concur with you, and I don't. I have no idea who is going to win that division. Did you know that every game? I just game know that the Philadelphia the Eagles won't for plays. some reason. I just feel like uh, every Bradley game that every team is. And I, uh, he's he's the third best quarterback in that division, though. He's not the worst quarterback. Well, I mean, were, were you... not counting the Dallas scrubs, not not putting them in the. He's the, he's the third worst starting quarterback. the The worst quarterback in NFC East is Kirk Cousins, hands down. No. Yes, his decision making, his mechanics, everything is horrible. He needs to go back to the drawing board. Well, well, he's he's got the least amount of starts in that of that whole group. Him and Bradford might be close, man. Bradford don't got a ton of starts on his belt, but yeah, he probably does have more. Right, but one point I wanted to make about the NFC East is that Tony Romo is, I guess, they they report him supposed to be returning for the Dolphins game. I'm not sure when the specific date is on that. That's on, I believe, it's on the 22nd, which is week, what, what week we just passed right now? We just passed week eight. Week eight. So that's like week eleven. So Tony, I guess Tony Romo is like three weeks away from really returning. Every team in the NFC East, I looked at for like the next like four or five games. Can every team can lose all their games? So I I, I believe that it's going to come. This this division is going to come down that's, to that's a testament to the division. I think the Giants. You know, I was a betting man. They're gonna get JPP back. I don't know how productive he'll be, but I think just his return will um, add a you know, light of fire onto that team. And that offense, man, is clicking. Uh, Eli and the uh, offensive, co- the former offensive coordinator for the Packers, he really has that uh, offense moving, man. So, you know, Odell Beckham, um, Ruben Randall, even uh, former ECU Pirate Dwayne Harris is, you know, picking up a little bit of the slack. And they got some backs, man. 
Uh, only thing I'm worried about is their defense. So who do you got coming out the division? Who, who do you your gut tell you? Are you going to be? I think I know who you're going to say, but go ahead. Uh, my gut is saying the Giants, but my heart's saying the Redskins. So I just feel like the, that's not outlandish, man. I just feel like the the Cowboys. By the time Romo comes back, they're going to be so out of it that is is to me they're they're going to be. I feel like they're going to be so out of it. They might even just, just contemplate not even playing Romo. I mean, why risk? He's he's getting paid that much. If he's not one hundred percent, why risk him throwing him back out there if there's no Potential reason. If he gets hurt again, they can go pick up RG3 and he'll lead them to a Super Bowl next year. Oh, my next gosh. In the next three years. What? Do you think uh, you think RG3 can play quarterback? Uh, he he never got a fair – he got a fair chance to, but that that ownership from, from ownership down, that organization is so inept that he, he needs to go to a different – he needs a different – he needs to change but I don't get how's that change. Uh, how, how's but, that change like his mechanic? His mechanic, like you talk about like mechanics. Nobody coaches. I don't think they, they they don't. We were talking about this earlier about Cam Newton and how he's in a system. Russell Wilson's in a certain system to help them let them succeed. What Jay Gruden did was tell you know come in and tell RG three you're gonna play football this way or if you don't. But they tried to. They tried. You know, I think I keep people keep forgetting. They didn't, they didn't try. The, he, he didn't, didn't want to run it. He didn't want to run the offense that was tailor made for him. He did not want to run it anymore. He didn't want to run that. He wanted to be a drop back passer like the Peyton Mannings. He well, if RG three gets if I if I agree to pick RG three up on my team, I'm gonna say you're gonna run whatever offense we tell you to run, or we're not gonna pick you up. And why why wouldn't you want to succeed in this league? You know, it, it doesn't make you. He should want to play to his strength. He is not a pocket passer. No question. He. I'm not saying he can't get there. Maybe if he gets some confidence, he can possibly, you know, he had a lot of um, moments his rookie year, you know, showing him throwing from the pocket. But a lot of his stuff was built off bootlegs and, you know, different, you know, trickery, read option. But I think he's he's shown some things. I don't know. I just, I just, I just, I just remember was, when he was good. I saw a lot of sidelines pass, sideline passing. Like, and he, he wasn't throwing receivers open. I mean, he was throwing receivers. I mean, people, I, I feel like he was – Getting this throws throw, yeah. because of his legs. I mean, remember he had a threat. There was always a threat of him taking off in, from seventy and beating you with the home run ball. So uh, I feel like that's what really t- opened up the the passing lanes for him his rookie year. So I, I just don't really think he can throw in this league. I mean, he has no pocket readiness, and he's he's just going out there and get hurt. So we'll see. So, so since we just passed week eight in the NFL, uh, we're at the halfway mark. Uh, let's do a couple of midseason awards. Uh, starting off with Coach of the Year. Who's your Coach of the Year so far? Um, my Coach of the Year, uh, I'm going to go to give it. have to give it to Bruce Arians. Um, what they're doing in Arizona, that's uh, pretty pretty special. Okay, my Coach of the Year, I'm going to go with Dan Quinn. Um, what the Atlanta team is doing, they just have a different type of confidence, you know, the way they're playing out there this year. Um, you know, they dropped a couple recently, and I think that's that shouldn't be expected because they have the same talent, but he's just making that group, you know, allowing that group, you know, letting them galvanizing them and letting them play better, um, you know, defensively most importantly, but I think they're just more physical of a team um, and just like a completely different team from last year. Um, who is your rookie of the year so far? Uh, my rookie of the year, I'm going to have to give it to Jameis Winston. Um 
is actually, yeah, especially after coming off of the overtime win against Atlanta in Atlanta. Um, he's really starting to show pull up poise. I mean, go, get, even given though that they uh they lost a a, a bad one against the Washington Redskins a couple of weeks ago, but I really feel that he 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 he's going to be able to really play in this league. Yeah, and he um yeah I I agree with that. I think James is a pretty good quarterback. Uh, he will get you know continue to progress. Um, would you like some hot butter with that pick? For, for the crab legs, oh, uh, my I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Amari Cooper. I, my gut wanted to say Gurley, but I want to see him do it a little, you know, a couple more games. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Cooper, man. He, what he's doing uh, with Derek Carr is pretty amazing. He's already a great route runner in the NFL, which is saying a lot, you know, coming out of um, you know out of college, and he's the best receiver on that team, hands down, and he's um, helped. Uh, revitalize that team and actually has them, you know, actually has the Oakland Raiders winning. When I don't think the Oakland Raiders has had a winning record since like 2001, Rich Gannon days. Right. Um. Yeah. It was going on in Oakland. It's, it's, it's kind of special. Um. Charles Woodson. Cannon. Gunner steps back. Yeah, that was like the a long time ago, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So who's your uh? Offensive and defensive player of the year so far. Um, my offensive player of the year is going to be Tom Brady. Um, he's they're just taking that offense to another level. It's crazy. And defensively. Um, defensively, I'm going to have to go with who my who who I think defensively would be. Um, I'm have to go to give it to Aaron Donald, the St. Louis Rams. Okay, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Uh, offensively, I'm gonna have to agree with you and go with Tom Brady. The numbers he's putting up are, you know, ridiculous, and he they don't really have a you know they do have a good running back in Blunt and Deion Lewis, but they just choose not to run. So he's that offense, you know, uh, him and you know everybody knows it's gonna be him, but they still can't stop him. Defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Old Man Rivers. I'm going to go with Mr. Charles Woodson, who's leading the league in interceptions at the age of 39. I wanted to be a homer and go with Josh Norman for this pick, but I I just really appreciate what Charles Woodson is doing at that age. So I think it would be awesome for him to, you know, go out not only with a, you know, winning record with the Oakland Raiders, but, you know, to go out with defensive player of the year. Uh, That's crazy. I think he won it in – with the Green Bay Packers probably like seven years ago. It'd be crazy that he's even in discussion, you know, at, at that age of 39. Do you, do you think he's going to um, retire after this year? Uh, He should. He might as well wrap, wear it, you know, um, wrap it up and just, you know, call it, call it a career. Because it's been a great one. I think he should after this year. Because something special is going on in Oakland. But he might, you know, I think he's passed the torch, so I think he'll be okay with retiring. And last and lastly, and most importantly, who's your most valuable player of the league? A uh, most valuable player uh, is going to be my offensive player, uh, Tom Brady. Again, um, with all the scrutiny with the plate gate and suspension talk and all that, and he's coming out and putting out the numbers he's putting up, and hasn't lost a game. Um, I feel like he should be unanimous outright MVP. 
Not so fast. I'm going to have to go with Cam Newton. Scam Newton for the most valuable players of the league. He doesn't have much help. You know, he, he's our he's the second best running back on the team. You know, defenses are geared to stop him, but they still just can't do it. And, you know, I, I just think Cam Newton is the most valuable player because without him, this offense would be a horrible, you know, probably, you know, last rank, second and last rank offense in the league because his threat of the run sets up everything. They do everything off of that. Well, I guess – that's where we we defer, my friend, because uh, I I believe your success te- your team success is credited to that defense, but I guess that's another debate for the time. So before we run, let's let's get into a little bit of NBA. Uh, NBA kicked off last week. We've had a lot of you know exciting games. I know your Orlando Magic played a classic. Uh, yeah. Game against the Thunder was it yeah. took overtime or double overtime? It was over overtime. I mean, they took the L. I mean, they're zero and three right now. But right now, they're currently in a and starting to run away with. They're starting to run away with a game against the Pelicans right now at, on the road. Surprisingly, my Charlotte Hornets man are actually beating the Bulls by thirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, it's starting to affect me in uh, fantasy because I did DraftKings tonight. Got you, and I'm really you know the. Golden State, man. Steph Curry is hot right now. I think uh, I saw a graphic. Only Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain score has scored more points than Steph Curry through three games to start a season. Like this, Steph Curry is riding a high right now, man. I don't think anybody can stop him. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he, he's he's balling. Um, he he's making he's making it look so easy. Like it's crazy. Did you see the uh, Kobe Bryant quote the other day? Oh uh, no! What was it? He said that he's the. He said he sucks right now, and that he's the 200th best player in the league. Uh, Kobe's being really. Kobe, his numbers are. He's averaging 13 13.7, and like shooting a little, you know, right at the low 30 percent. And most of his, you know, he's taking nine threes a game. That's not Kobe's. You know, that's not his. That's not the way he plays. But people are just saying he doesn't have any lift anymore. So all he can do is just sit outside the paint and sit sit out on the three point line and shoot. It's kind of sad to see, you know. But I think he can turn it around for sure. Um, and you know, I don't think that team ever, you know, that team's not winning anything this year. But he can get that, you know, respectable, close to nineteen, twenty points a game. Right. But who's your? Um, it's a lot of teams out there in the in the West. Uh, who 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 you think is the the best team so far? You can go stay with Golden State. Um yeah, I'm gonna stay with Golden State. Um, I don't think there's anybody out there that can stop them. They're just dominating right now. Gotcha. And I I really like the OKC team. They've been looking good. They took an L last night to the Houston Rockets, but I know they Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. But a lot of people, and I'm starting to kind of lean this way as well. This might be this team's you know last. You know, last hurrah, if you will, with Kevin Durant being a I, I, – people are thinking that they're going to go the way of Kobe and Shaq. But they have a better they have a better relationship than Kobe and Shaq. But it's only one ball, and I know they're both trying to build their brands, and I don't know if they can do that in Oklahoma City in the small market. Oh, right. Um, it's, too, too, it's too small. One of them's got to go. Um, you think one of them will leave? Well, I think, I think both of them are going to leave, actually. I feel like – this this I guess we'll have to wait and see how this season really plays out. 
You know what I'm saying? Who knows? One of them gets hurt again. And the other one takes over the team. And, you know what I'm saying? So, let's leave on this note. I know you're a big basketball fan. What's your biggest surprise of the season so far? Oh, my biggest surprise for basketball? Yeah. Um, the Orlando Magic, um, <laughs> even though we just talked about them, uh, I mean, they, you got to talk about a team that had a top five pick or top six pick, and they've kept it real tight with two playoff teams, one from the Eastern Conference and the Washington Wizards, and then the Oklahoma City, well, I guess they're not the playoff team, but they're a potential playoff team, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, they lose, they lose a tough one on the road against the Bulls, but I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see, guess. We'll see what they can do the rest of the season. Maybe sneak in as a seven seed, six seed. So my surprise on a bad note, and he kind of snapped out of this last night against his old teammates Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Uh, on a bad note is James Harden. He was struggling quite a bit, uh, and Little B was coming out saying that it was all because of the curse. But I think he might have broke it last night, for now at least. And my most pleasant surprise is the cat. Um, I'm gonna butcher his name, but I'm gonna try to pronounce it. Christian Porzingis. He is looking like a legitimate stretch four up in New York, man. I think I'm gonna go to the Hornets game next week and you know try to check him out. But he had a putback dunk over Lamarcus Aldridge the other night. That was I didn't know he was that athletic, and he's actually a stretch four making threes. So I think Porzingis, man, is looking really good right now. Porzingis, <laughs> yeah, I remember everybody was killing that. Everybody was killing him, yeah. Everybody was horrible, you know. And now he's hooping, and people are, you know, in the Mecca in New York, they really appreciate appreciate their basketball, so they're liking what they're seeing. So, you know, they'll be honest with you. If you suck, they'll let you know it. But if you can hoop, you know, they'll definitely stand up and sit behind you. But, Justin, let everybody know, you know, we like we said earlier, we do this every week, but I'm going to let you, Justin, know, let, let him say his uh, Twitter name and his handle for y'all can ask him some fantasy questions or anything like that. Oh, uh, yeah, um, Jace, um, Miliardo Peacecraft or Jwill46 on Twitter. Yeah, hit me up. DM me or tweet me any uh, fancy questions you got, and I got you. All right, awesome. And then my uh, Twitter handle is at King underscore Beef 91. Uh, like I said earlier, we're going to have the website up tomorrow evening. Uh, two Dope Boys in a Cadillac and a Ford Focus. We don't want to get sued. Two, two Dope Boys in a Ford Focus uh, dot com, www. Uh, so we'll have the RSS feed, we'll have the iTunes, we'll have everything on there so you can get it. Uh, we're going to get some merchandise soon, we all this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, we appreciate, you know, you taking the time out to listen. Uh, I'm going to let my boy Justin in it and see if he got anything else to say. Uh, I think that about do it, guys. You guys take it easy. Um, check us out next week or in a couple of days we might post something up there. We have the link all posted. Posted on one of our social media outlets. So, you guys. Thank y'all. All right. Peace and love to everyone. All right. Y'all take it easy.